Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Mojo Mondays with myself, who's upstairs in the house, and Coach Carly, who is downstairs. Hello. <laughs> Somebody asked that on social media the other day. It's like, are you two in separate rooms? Like, oh, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> no, absolutely. So today we are going to talk about... Well, we're going to talk about all things thinking and emotions, so overthinking, rumination, the emotions that come with that and um, and how we can manage it, just some tools and strategies to manage it. Because, you know, it's something that I've definitely um, struggled with, with the overthinking and rumination, and it can be a real struggle for people. It can cause a lot of anxiety. It can cause depression. Mm-hmm. It can affect productivity, relationships. It can keep you up at night or you go to sleep and then you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um and when you wake up and when you wake up at two in the morning, you're not thinking about your best holiday ever, are you? No, you're not. You're thinking about all the negative stuff. You're thinking about all the problems that need to be solved. And, and you know why that is? Why? Because when you're sleeping at night, um, when you go into REM state, rapid eye movement, so so when you're dreaming, um, um the when they um image brilliance, there's a tremendous amount of activity between the temporal lobes and the frontal lobes. And, and basically what scientists think is that you are replaying the day's events over in your mind and deciding what's important to store as a memory, right? So it's that's when that memory consolidation happens. And amazing shit happens in your brain at night. It is the only time in your life when norepinephrine, which the Americans called noradrenaline, that is the sister chemical of adrenaline in the body, noradrenaline in the brain and it's released by the locus cerealis. Um, but at night during REM state, your brain blocks the release of that stress hormone, mm-hmm. right? And so, and if you think about it, say me and you have had an argument and, and I'm clearly in the wrong, obviously. Clearly. Uh, but at <laughs> night, when, when you're replaying that, if you replayed that with the same emotional intensity and that stress, it would wake you up. So that's why the brain blocks it. But when we are really stressed, there's that leakage through uh, and some noradrenaline is released and it basically says, what the hell are you doing asleep? There's danger here, wake up. And that's why Mm -hmm. when you wake up, you're not thinking about your best holiday ever. You're thinking about stressful shit. Yeah, as if if it's happening right there. So it's really hard when you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, your heart's racing, and all of a sudden you're feeling stressed and it's like, what are you going to do? You're in bed. (laughs) Yeah. And, and it is good to know why these things happen. So it's it's really good that you mentioned that. And what's been helpful for me too is to know why our minds do this rumination and overthinking because our our minds are problem solving machines. It's what mm. it's what it's supposed to do. And obviously, been really incredibly helpful to us as, as a human race, and it's helpful to us as, as individuals. And we don't need to go into the positive side of that. It's just that this problem solving machine never turns off. And so it's just churning, churning, churning. And it is, it, it can create this rumination and anxiety um, because it's constant. And that's what's really, really difficult. Yeah, and and the interesting thing, um, like our brains are amazing, right? We could have a 
deep philosophical discussion about whether God exists, right? So whether or not he does, it, it's that's a deep philosophical discussion that needs a really high functioning brain. We could also um, talk about metacognition, which is the fact that you can think about the fact that you can think about stuff, yeah. right? So listeners, think about that for a second. That requires an amazing brain, but ours has a double-edged sword in that, that we are the only species, maybe some other primates, but whose thoughts can activate the stress response system, mm. which means that you can ruminate about some bullshit that happened 20 years ago, or you can catastrophize about something that might happen next week. And in both cases, you create a stress response as if you're being chased by a lion. Yeah. So the brain doesn't distinguish between real and imaginary and physical and psychological. So that's just... I think some context for people about how powerful the brain can actually be. And then when we get focused on that, whether it's the, that negative self-talk or the overthinking, you know, get dragged into that, we can actually create a stress response that then affects our physiology. And we now know that, that psychological stress, whether it's depression, anxiety, just ruminating, I can actually drive inflammation at a cellular level. Wow, right? yeah, so, so yeah. That's why it's really important to have tools to deal with this. Yeah, so yeah. let's now get back to the tool. Yeah, well, I was I was just going to say before we get into that, it's the, the, the struggle that we have. And, of course, because it's painful and it's annoying and it's frustrating, our automatic kind of normal response, you can understand this response, is that we want to get rid of the thoughts. Mm. And what we tend to do is that um, we treat our internal world the same as the external world. So just say you've got an item of clothing that you don't want anymore, so you shift it off to the salvos and you never see it again or we've got rubbish and every day we throw it in the bin and then the, the rubbish truck comes and carts it away and we never see it again. We can't do that with our thoughts. We can't get rid of them and the more we try and get rid of them, the more we struggle and the worse it can get. It, it, it exacerbates. Um, so rather than in, in acceptance commitment therapy, which is ACT, which I'm hugely passionate about and this has helped me like massively in my mm. in my own life is that rather than the thoughts themselves it's not the thoughts themselves it's our relationship with the thoughts okay so it's rather than trying to get rid of them and struggling with them we can step back and observe them and go is this thought helpful to me right now is this thought serving me right now yeah. and if it's not then we don't have to be dictated by that. We don't have to do everything that our thoughts tell us. And that's that can be really liberating. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think there's there's that lovely concept in 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 ACT where they talk about the struggle monster. Yeah. Um, and that that struggle monster is cool. So it's this big monster and it's got all the negative emotions. And 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 I've seen some stuff in ACT where it's tattooed with all these negative like emotions. Like anxiety or I'm not yeah. good enough, I'm not worthy. That, yeah. That's it. And it and and it's tug of war. And and when you're in your own head about it, it's like you're trying to pull the struggle monster into a hole. Yeah. But it's really, really strong and powerful. And you spend all your energy, physical and psychological, struggling with that struggle monster. And, and at the same time, 
you're missing out on all this stuff that's going on in the world because we're so in our own bloody heads. Yeah, you're missing out struggling on life. With yeah. 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 And so and so what's the answer? What do you do with the struggle monster? Yeah, drop the rope. You drop the rope and then you can turn around and your world is in front of you. You can do all the things that are important to you. And the struggle monster's there looking very deflated and defeated and maybe he's going to stay there for a while, but you're not struggling with him anymore. So it's a really good metaphor to kind of illustrate this approach with to our thoughts. Rather than struggling, you let them be there, but you focus on the things that are important to you. And let's face it, nothing happens when you're thinking. If you're just thinking, mm. thinking, thinking, nothing's actually going to happen. So you've got to take action. You've got to move. You've got to do something. And the best way to do that is either look at what are the needs of the moment? What do I need to be doing right now? Or who do I want to be in this moment? And then align your behaviours with your values and what's important to you rather than aligning your behaviours with your thoughts and, and, and the emotions. Because we do have a choice. And this is a thing when we're so what we call fused with our thoughts then it feels like we don't have a choice. But if you can stop, step back and notice your thoughts, that's when you realise that you do have a choice in what you do next. Now let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And look, something that's, I think, really helpful for people, I talk a lot about it in my corporate workshops, you talk with, with your clients. So we've created this concept of these voices in your head, right? And and we call the struggle monster, we call it the gremlin. Yeah. So your gremlin, it contains stuff like negative self-talk, overthinking, worry, anxiety, victim mentality, that self-critical voice, all of that encapsulated, that's your gremlin. And 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 the process here is that, and first as you as you said, you've got to be aware of it. Yeah. Right. So a level of self-awareness that hey i'm getting sucked in here and 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 the the way that that i like to talk about it is that rather than get sucked in as soon as you see that or notice that you're just going to go ah gremlin hmm. there you are thanks for that story that you're telling me but it's not helpful right now and i think that's the key thing that you just said isn't it it's not about whether your gremlin's right or wrong yeah it's whether it's helping you, whether it's serving you right now. And if it's not, um, then it is about shifting your attention, yeah. which is a very simple strategy, but often difficult to do, yeah. right? So yeah. let, 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 let's distinguish between the strategy and how easy it is to, to, to implement the strategy. It's a simple strategy of shifting your attention. And is that, that, that lovely thing from Japanese psychology um, were what do you call your mentor? Mentor again, Greg. Craig, Greg, uh, and he said it on the first podcast. So if anybody wants to go back to the very first podcast, it was really cool. Um, and he talked about in Japanese psychology, they say the most important thing in your life, or the most powerful thing under your control, is the flashlight of your attention. Yeah, and I love that from a neuroscience perspective because whatever you pay attention to. Mm your brain commits cells to it, mm. right? So when you're paying attention to your gremlin, 
you're energizing it, you're strengthening those pathways in the brain. And then what happens, that network becomes what we call long-term potentiated. That means that it fires with much less stimulation. So the more attention you're paying to your gremlin, the more likely then it is that even neutral information, the gremlin hijacks it. Right, right? yeah. And so... Um, and this is what's called heavy and learning. Nerve, nerve cells that fire together, wire together. But we also know that nerve cells that no longer fire together, no longer wire together. Mm. And that's that whole idea of you drop the rope or you say to your gremlin, thanks for that story that you're telling me, but it's not helpful. And then it's about shifting your attention. Yeah. I mean, Steve Hayes talk, talks about pivoting, which I like. Mm, well, that's cool. You might be going in one direction and you've got to pivot and so by stopping, step step back, you know, maybe it's about taking a few deep breaths, recognising that this is the gremlin that's taken over and then pivoting your attention into what matters. And it yeah. may mean that the gremlin's still there. I think this is the hardest part of this work and practising these skills is that it's not about getting rid of the gremlin because that's impossible. It's about coexisting, letting come along, maybe dialing down the volume of the gremlin. But what you are doing is putting your attention into what matters. Yeah. And so there's a couple of that I use this slightly differently, right? Um, is that, so there's a couple of little analogies that you can use so that when you notice your gremlin and you go, or where you're not helpful, you either stick it in your back pocket and it's still going, but it's a bit muffled. Or I say to people, the other analogy you can use is that your brain is a limousine and somebody's always driving. And occasionally you look over and the gremlin's driving and then you go, what the hell are you doing driving? You don't have a license. Mm. Get in the back seat. So you kick the gremlin into the back seat and it's still going. It's still chirping with all those negative thoughts or that net criticism, whatever. And then you just press the button. Yeah. And when you press the button, the glass comes up and you can't hear it, yeah. right? And so this, this pivot that, that, that you're talking about in ACT, um, I think the thing that we have used, the Stoic, the Stoic philosophers, not just them, but the ancient Chinese philosophers, uh, Lao Tzu and Confucius, said that you consult your sage. Mm. So the sage is the best version of you. Right. What is it? Who are you at your best? Right. And this is where people can do this differently. They can either do write down all their values. And we've talked about the importance of values before. And as you said, then you take action that's aligned with your values yeah. or what, it, what needs to be done right now. Or the way I use it personally is that you create this sage, which is the best version of you. And you write down all the character strengths of you at your damn best. And that's the sage. Mm. And you said, so my personal sage is called Jev, J-E-V, named after three people. J for Jim Stockdale, E for Epictetus, the Stoic philosopher, and V for Viktor Frankl. Uh, and when I'm struggling, I say to myself, what would Jev do right now? Mm. Right. Or the other question you can ask yourself when you've written down your character strengths or your values or virtues, whatever you want to call them, is what actions would I take right now um, to demonstrate those values or those character strengths? Yeah. And you want but, Jev driving the car, don't you? Because Absolutely. You put Jev in the front whoever's seat. Whoever's driving the car, that's the direction you're going in. So you want to be going in the direction that's aligned with you and you at your best and what you need to do in this situation. So it's um, that's a great analogy of who's driving the car. 
Yeah, yeah. And 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 looks at lots of people just just get it, but I think the whole process is about right doing your sage in Gremlin, writing down the character strengths. If somebody wants to dig into it, shameless plug for my book, Death by Comfort. There's a whole chapter on this stuff and there's the exercise around the sage and Gremlin. But actually one thing I, I I just remembered when I talk in corporate workshops, I show the photograph of Oscar when he was, I think he was six years old. Mm. And you remember this? We asked our kids, we talked about the sage and Gremlin and we asked them to go and draw their different characters. Uh, and and Oscar's gremlin was called Derek, uh, and he drew him in. He had a big dark cloud over his head, but then they did these speech bubbles mm. that we didn't ask them to do, and Derek is saying it blew us away. Derek is saying, I will crush the good ones, and I will be the king of Oscar's head. Yeah, it was pretty amazing, uh, wasn't it? Oh, it calls that shit. Yeah. It's like sometimes six-year-olds are so insightful, right? And it, And it's that thing... That's what happens, that negative self-talk, the overthinking, the victim mentality, the self-criticism, it crushes the good self-talk yeah. and becomes the king of your head if and only if you choose to pay attention to it. Yeah. And I use my words very carefully there because we all get to choose, as Viktor Frankl said, in between stimulus and response is this space where we get to choose how we react. And the Stoic said, it's not what matters that, 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 that's important. It's how you react that's important. It is. And the, and the hardest part of all this is creating that space. And yeah. so, because we make it sound so easy, but it's when you get so caught up in your thoughts, it's not easy to, to create that space. So if we can stop and pause, use your breath, take some deep breaths and just notice what is going on in our minds and then make that decision of whether it's helpful and then choose how you're going to respond to it. So it's that space is the, the real skill. I think the first step is to create the space. And, 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 you know, you've got a lovely little technique that you use, um, which is look for the color blue, mm. right? Or, or, or just take a breath. Now, the reason you need to create that space is that um, your gremlin basically represents the amygdala. So your brain's in amygdala hijack. And, and what we know about the amygdala, the neuroscientist Antonio Damasio showed in his lab, that when your amygdala becomes sufficiently activated, it secretes chemicals out that shuts down your frontal lobes and um, and the thinking rational judgment part of your brain and basically your amygdala says talk to the hand i'm in control of this brain we know those chemicals last less than a second mm. so when you notice it it's take one breath or just look for the color blue right because when you look for the color blue you've shifted your attention yeah. straight away yeah. right you then create a little bit of a space and then you go okay, what would my sage do right now? Yeah, yeah. Right? And that process is called psychological distancing or self-distancing in psychology. It reduces the emotional intensity that you're feeling and it's been shown to help you make better choices and to improve your courage. And here's the thing for people, you, you said it's not easy and it's not easy, but the more often you do it, the easier it becomes. Yeah, and so I, look, just, I, I am... Um, if that that is this is something that I've been practicing for years and it has become easier so it is not something that it, people get straight away or some or maybe a, a, there are it depends on what's going on and what the circumstances and the environment and all that sort of stuff but 
I'm able to notice my thoughts and and make those choices now. And I definitely a few years ago was not able to do that and really struggled with overthinking. So, I mean, there's huge evidence behind this and, and there's mm. my experience. Um, so it does work. So I would really encourage people if they are struggling with overthinking and the emotions that come up to, to practice these skills that persist as well. Yeah. And and I think the other thing, if we think about that heavy and learning nerve cells that fire together, wire together, is practice being your sage in times when you're not stressed. Yes. Just like every world-class athlete does mental rehearsal. Why do they do it? Because it bloody works. Yeah, yeah. So that's Getting up in the morning, and you know, this is playing back to previous podcasts that we've done on Mojo Mondays. And before you have any inputs, you just wake up in the morning. Now you're a you're a much better journaler than me, yeah. but I will wake up in the morning and lie in bed and go, okay, who's who's getting out of bed today? Yeah, right. Who, who's going to be in control before you walk into work and have it have a little trigger, right? Whether it's you walk into the through the front door or whatever it is in work, you just go, okay. Who's fronting up today? Yeah. My gremlin or sage. Anytime there's a difficult situation, you're dealing with a dickhead. Um, you, you know, there, there, there's a challenge. You go, okay, who am I going to choose to front up? My gremlin, who's going to be negative, look for somebody to blame, be the bloody victim, or I'm going to am I going to front up with my sage who looks for the solution? Or if it's a big problem, as the Stoic said how is this an opportunity to practice a virtue or to sharpen my character? Yeah. Yeah. And the more, so the more often you practice your sage when you're not stressed, the easier it's going to be to shift your attention onto that. Yeah. Once you've recognized that your gremlin's in control. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So whether it's journaling or, or whether you're just thinking about it in the morning or thinking about it before you go into a situation, but just have that as top of mind. Yeah. And, and, and awesome to do with your family. If you've got little kids, if, even from about the age of five, they can do this. Watch the movie Inside Out with them. Mm. Right? I get because it. They get, I get all it. the little characters and stuff and then say, okay, let's do it as a family. Let's all create our gremlin. Let's all create our sage. And then when somebody's having an amygdala hijack and losing their shit, you go, ah, there's the gremlin, yep. right? And, yep. and that yep. becomes really, really useful. And what we used to do actually with Oscar when he was really young is he, if he was having an amygdala hijack, we'd just go and we'd get him to touch the wall. And he used to do that all the time. He That's would actually right. go and he'd touch the wall and that would create that space. And then he would realise, okay, who do I need to, you know, in his little four-year-old mind, what do I need yeah. to draw on now? Yeah, no, no, that, that, that's a brilliant little technique. And it's not just for kids, mm. right? Anybody can go and just touch the wall and try it with your kids because you'll end up losing your shit less with them, right? So rather than you arcing up, you just go, I just want you to go and touch the wall. Mm. I just walk into your room. Remember then we built on it and we said to Oscar, right, Oscar, your gremlin's in control. Derek's running the show here. Walk into the room and walk out. As flash, right. as flash yeah. initially, right? And so he used to walk into the room and and then choose the different character. And it didn't work 100% of the time, but it worked a lot. It did. It did. He really got it. Yeah. 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 Very cool. And so if it's good enough for kids, it's good enough for all of us. Yes. So there's your homework. Gremlin and Sage, uh, and I highly recommend, we both highly recommend you draw those characters. You, you name the characters. they got to have a name. Yeah. 
I, I, and you see it should be a bit of an inspirational name um, and, and, and drawing those characters, writing down their character strengths, writing down the values, and then, okay, what needs to be done right yeah, now? Yeah, and just – How do I need to act? And also that stop, step back, and notice. Notice thoughts, become the noticer of your thoughts, notice the gremlin. And so your homework – couple of things. One is create your gremlin and sage. If you've got a family, do it together, but also share this um, with someone because we have both found that it's been brilliant for us independently. It's been brilliant for our kids mm. as well. Mm. Uh, and it's worked really well with you and your clients. And I get heaps of feedback from a corporate perspective that, that people say to me, this gremlin and sage stuff is just brilliant. Yeah. And particularly um, when they do it with their kids as well. And, and then everybody's on board with yeah. it. Yeah. Benefit. That's it for this week, folks. Catch you next time. Yeah. See you next week. Yeah.